All right, we rolling. All right. You ready? Yes. Welcome to the studio. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. You know, I try. I think this will be uh this will be good. A good chance for me to show a different side of myself. A good chance for my uh listeners, supporters and everyone to get to know me a little better or maybe differently. I think it's differently. All right, so you came fully prepared, I see, an entire yes. sheet of blank paper. Let's talk about my sheet of paper. You yeah. said be prepared, so I'm not. Wow, you took me seriously, huh? Yeah. See, it has the date, though. At least it has June 25th. Okay, you know what day at it is. At the corner. At the corner. You didn't right write your name on it. No. Just the date. Yeah, that's it. All right. Because, let me tell you why, though. There's a method to my madness. I've always believed that the most authentic moments happen when you just let them happen. I agree. That's it. So I don't, what was I supposed to bring? Nothing. Yourself. You're here. I'm here. You can introduce yourself as you like. Um, my name is Yeda. I am uh, your friend. We've known each other for a couple of years now. Quite some uh, time. Pretty much ever since you moved to Atlanta. Yep. I think I met you like right after you'd moved. I was here for a few weeks. Aw. That was a baby. When I met you, you cried. I remember All right. that. Wow, that, that, that's not on the that. sheet. That, that really happened. That happened, y'all. Well, let's get down to the bottom of why I may have cried and all the other things that I've experienced in life. But whatever you want to ask, you are good at bringing out the genuineness in people. So I figured this would be a good idea. I mean, it's June, which is mostly known for being Pride Month. So shout out to the LGBTQ plus community. Woo-hoo. It's also Men's Mental Health Month, which nobody really knows. They don't put a spotlight on that, but it's true. So, it is true. So before we end the month, which you obviously know what day it is because that's all you have on your sheet. 25th, y'all. It's the 25th. Let's dive into my mental health, why don't we? All right, so let's get to it. I'm in the moment. Stay in the moment. Yeah, hey. The first thing I'd like to ask is this. How do you feel today? I feel pretty good. Good is not a feeling. Oh, oh man, it's going to be fun. <laughs> um, okay. I feel relaxed. Is that a feeling? That's a feeling, yeah. Have you ever seen a feeling wheel? Yes, you've showed me one. And then you gave me homework to do, and I never did it. You should have done it because it's helpful. A I need a feeling of, wheel. A part of being emotionally intelligent is being aware of just how you feel. All right, so give me some examples of some feelings. So feeling relaxed is a feeling. It normally comes from the family of happy. Hmm. And there's like different levels, Mm -hmm. different faces of happiness. So there's happy, there's serene, there's peaceful, there's relaxed, there's joyful. I feel happy because I'm grateful for where I am, where I'm going, what I've done. The fact that uh, my family is healthy, I'm healthy. I have a lot in my life to be grateful for. You know, I feel blessed. At the same time, I'm kind of always on guard, feeling like something may come or things may happen to where I'll have to, you know, put my head down and get through it. Like, whatever God wants me to go through, I'm always prepared to go through it. Ten toes down, head up, chest out, let's do it. So I'm always kind of happy, but at the same time, ready, if that makes sense. 
It does make sense. And I wonder why. I wonder where, because what, you know, you've always been that way ever since I met you, that um, you're probably one of the most grateful people I've ever met. You're also very humble. Um, I wish people could see that a little bit more because you really are one of the most humble people I've ever met. Um, I'm struggling with that, too, to be honest. Yeah, I can tell. Can you? Yeah. Okay, continue. I think it's, and, and that's where I was going to get with this, and I wonder if the reason you're struggling with it is because it's like, it feels like you have almost like an expectation of like, everything is good right now and I'm grateful for this, but it's just a matter of time before the shoe drops mm-hmm. type deal. And that, I wonder when that started. That's a part of it. Um, that's followed me my entire life. I think... um, Yeah, but it's a little more obvious recently. Well, I think that's a part of what comes with being a public figure, right? And always Mm -hmm. being in the spotlight, I guess. That's that's been a tough adjustment for me. I was never that guy. A lot of people don't really know that about me, unless you know me, know me. But I was never the guy that wanted to be the center of attention. I didn't grow up talking a lot. Around my, my inner circle, I was pretty vocal. And they knew when I became a comedian to them, it was like, about time. But to most people, it was like, fam, you didn't even talk. I didn't. I was always reserved. I was always to myself. I never wanted, I never liked how much people judge each other. And I knew that as a kid, and I didn't even realize that I knew it. But I did. I never enjoyed that. Like, I don't want to judge people. I don't want to be in the center of judgment. I just want to do my thing and somewhat be left alone. I was the only child for like 10 years before my first sister came, so... Within that time, I just kind of learned to really be to myself. And I I think that's where my creativity comes from. At the same time, that's where the fact that I'm so comfortable alone comes from. And when you get into this industry, you realize really quickly that so many people are going to have judgments of you. And, you know, like just the other day, I I heard someone say to me, man, these people were saying that you're not a friendly person. I've never met these people. (laughs) So it was weird to me. Like, how do you even know that? The Four Agreements, one of them is Don't Assume. It's a great <laughs> book. <laughs> you should read it. <laughs> I mean, I'm out here doing my best, and here you are assuming. One of us are not within the four principles here. You know what I mean? And so I think when you get so many people constantly um, giving their opinions about you and judging you, and it's, it's 90% of the time it's inaccurate, it's unfair, it's not based upon anything, Sometimes it's people who you've done so much for or you've gone out your way for. And then you got people who just hate on you or who are just mad at you and their experience is their experience, but then they'll go out their way to try to attack your character. And I was raised to just always be kind and always be humble because as quickly as you got there, God can take it. Right. And that's kind of what keeps me humble, but that's also what makes me feel like the other shoe can always drop. So, yeah, you could be great. You could be dope. Things could be flourishing. You could be successful. But at any moment, all of that can be gone. So I carry myself that way. And I guess it can be a good thing and also a bad thing to an extent. I think that's beautiful, actually. I think that's really beautiful. I think shout out to your parents and your grandmothers and everyone else who took a part of raising you that way because it really is very insightful. You know, my grandma that passed, that was the last thing she said to me. Mm. She she said to me, um, we were in a van, and she was speaking to how just happy she was to see that what I'd always worked for 
was yeah. was really happening and that the world was starting to get a chance to see who she knew me to be. And um, she just, for whatever reason, in that moment was like, you know, I want you to always be humble. Always. And I said, of course, Grandma. And she looked at me like, no, I'm serious. Almost as if she can see what was coming. Yeah. And she knew she wouldn't be here to tell me, to remind me again. So it was her one chance to say it so that it would stick in my head no matter what happened. And it did. And it always will. And I promised her. So technically, that's the last thing I told her I would do. So I can't go against that now. That's so sweet. <laughs> it's real. No, I know it is. Absolutely. I know it is. And I, I think that she probably, you know, it's really cool. It's really cool when you really are able to truly love someone wholeheartedly, not for who they present to be today, but in your belief of how and what they can be tomorrow. And I think that your your parents, your whole family has done a phenomenal job loving you through that, not just in that right now, but also in like who you're meant to be. Um, and I think that's part of the reason where all this comes from, this like innate confidence of despite where I'm at right now, I know I'm so much better than my circumstances and always believing in yourself. And I definitely think that part of the reason you're feeling this way, it sounds like, is because of that. Um, I think there's a big, I don't know if it's conflict. I don't want to use the word conflict, but nothing else is coming to mind currently of like finding a balance between where you were where you are right now and preparing for the future type deal because it seems like that is a space of exploration that needs to happen, if that makes sense. For sure. Because who you, because before you, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but like you were up until now, you were prepared to be this, where you are today. You have been preparing for this moment your whole life. Mm -hmm. You're here Mm -hmm. and now what? Right. And it's funny because you, you think, when someone is prepared for something their entire life, that when it comes, yeah. are you ready? Right. It's what you always wanted. Right. Let's go, right? But you don't know what comes with it. You can see it. Like, I've envisioned it all in my mind. It's going gonna, it's gonna to look like this. It's going to feel like that. But you don't envision all of the shit that comes with it. Absolutely. It, and- you know? You envision the, the holding a trophy up at the end of the day, but you don't envision what the fans are going to say to you throughout the season. And... What those games are going to feel like when you gave your all and you bust your ass and it just wasn't enough. Those feelings you can't really prepare for. Those things are are tough. And it's you want to be humble and you want to wear it the way that you have been raised to wear it. At the same time, it's unfortunate that I just saw a meme on Instagram that say when you're humble, a lot of times it makes people think they can play with you. Right. So then sometimes you feel like you need to put this armor on of... No, fuck everyone then, right? Because no one helped me get here. All of these people that are trying to tear me down did not help me get here. You didn't help build me up. So why the hell would you want to tear me down, right? Like, I, it, as basic as it may sound, I never understood the hating on each other theory. It's always been weird to me. Why am I hating on somebody else? What they got to do with me? I'm just hating on anything that gets in my way. Long as they ain't over here, I'm cool. Do whatever you want. So when I felt that for the first time, what that was like, and when I realized that this is such a dog-eat-dog kind of industry, whether it's comedy, radio, music, all of it, is like 
smile in your face, stab you in the back type shit from a lot of people. You got to adjust. A lot of people I've heard in this business say, this shit works in the streets. Like, people who have come from the streets are like, I felt safer in the streets. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that. So it's difficult to remain humble and kind and see the good in people when you feel like in order to continue to elevate, you know it's only going to get worse. Yeah. You know you're going to have to deal with a complete different level of shit that you didn't prepare for. So it's finding that balance, and that's not always easy. That's currently where I'm at. And how do you think this has changed you? Or has it? What? Radio in general? Or just yeah. everything? I just I just wonder, I think, again, right, we're, we're talking about, like, finding a balance between all of the things that have happened to you. Um, because I don't think people realize what it took and how, what adjustments you had to make um, to get to where you are mm-hmm. right now. So how do you think overall all of this has changed you? Oh, it's changed me in a lot of ways. Um, So if you look at it for what it is, right, I was doing comedy from working in the mailroom. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was probably doing comedy in front of what started off as 13 people, eventually led to maybe 100, max. Um, Then I would go right back to the mailroom, right? And then all of a sudden, I get this offer to come join the Burt Show and I said, cool, let's do it. Why not, right? And, yeah, a lot of it was amazing. But there's an adjustment of, oh, shit. Like, I am going to be getting judged by all these strangers. All of these people are going to have all these things to say. And a million people could say, yo, you're amazing. You're so good. And then five say, you're a piece of shit. You should shut up. (laughs) You only see the five, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's... And I hate that. That was something, that's something I'm still trying to work on. But it's changed me in a lot of ways. I mean, it's changed me in the better for uh, my confidence, um, believing in myself, trusting myself, having a voice, not being afraid to truly speak on what I genuinely feel. Um, I think it's made me a stronger person, a better person. It's one of those things where they say, you know, oh, money will change you, success will change you, but not necessarily, right? It, it typically just brings out more of who you already were. So I think it's all made me a better person, a more grateful person. Um, now, the other side of that, I've definitely become more of a guarded person. Yeah, of course. For sure. Um, because you're seeing what the insecurities people project. Yeah, it's rough. It's yeah. rough when you're getting it from everywhere, from inside the house, outside the house. Yeah. You know, everywhere you go. Um, I lost a lot of friends. Yeah. In finding success. That was weird to me. I always thought it would be the other way around. But you get more friends, fake friends, you know. Um, I've had people I've worked with who we've done amazing things together. And I thought, like, we had the greatest relationship. And then you come to find out, no, you don't. They, they don't think too highly of you at all. And it's like, damn. What did I ever do to you? Like, I'm the kind of person, I just want to come to work, do my thing, and go home, you know? So you, you go through that. Makes it very difficult to trust people, to believe in people, to see the good in people. Yeah. People try to take advantage of you. Yeah. Get close to you just to do that. That's been tough. Dating became impossible. Yeah. Um, I mean, even something I don't think anybody really ever thinks about when it comes to radio is 
the truth of the matter is negativity sells. Yeah. Right? Like that's what people want. You can't get on a radio show and talk about all of the beautiful things that happens in relationships and in life. Nobody wants to hear that shit. Yeah. So think about what it does to your psyche to have someone call up every day and tell you how they think someone is cheating on them. Right. And then they are. Right. And you go through years and years and years of this person's cheating on this person. This person is, is, is doing this behind this person's back. You know what I mean? Like imagine being, I guess, a staff member on Jerry Springer back in the day or some shit. None of that's good. And it's hard, at least it, it was for me, and still is sometimes, to separate that from, okay, that's not everybody's reality. That's a percentage of people. But when that's all you hear and deal with every day, it changes your perspective a little bit on life and on people. So it's tough. How how has your perspective changed? Like, you just told us why it changed. So what has it changed to? Because, you know, the truth of the matter is that it happens to everyone. There's a season for everything. Everyone goes through seasons. You should never stay this, the same. You should always change. Now, sometimes people let their past negative experiences take the best of them. For and sure. Normally, um, what ends up happening is that just they evolve into a very traumatized person and then they go around hurting other people. Um, hurt people, hurt people. Right. So the goal is to do the opposite of that, but let's face it, most people don't because that requires accountability, right? Right. It requires you to look at your part in situations, not just being the victim, but looking at your part. So how has your perspective changed now? In a negative way? In whatever way you want to share. No, you want the negative. See, that's 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 what we were just talking about. I know you want the negative. No, I actually <laughs> I want to hear all of it, but the negative is a part of it. But I really would be interested in also hearing like how it's changed for the better. All right, so so the better give us, give us all of it. all of it. All right, um, I think the 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 main way that my perspective has changed for the better is I'm at a place in my life where I genuinely feel like I can do anything. I can accomplish mm-hmm. absolutely anything. And that's a beautiful place to be. Man, that 12 year old boy from Brooklyn is really, really mm-hmm. inside of me smiling over that, right? Aww. Because I was always, um, I always appeared to have the absolute most confidence in myself. Everyone around me always felt like that. But the truth is, when I was younger, it was the complete opposite. It's like a facade. I had to build myself up because I, I lacked so much confidence in myself of what I could and couldn't do. And I was the kid that if I thought I could do something, but somebody said I couldn't, then I couldn't. I believed them. Yeah. You know, and when I wanted to become a comedian and my parents felt like, eh, I don't know, you know, be much easier for you to go and be a police officer. Your dad got that on lock. Mm -hmm. That's the safer route. When your parents tell you that the safer route is to carry a gun and be a police officer, Mm -hmm. you got some questions. (laughs) (laughs) But that was the first time in my life where I said, nah, I'm going with me. I'm going to bet on me. And it worked. And I continued to bet on me. And a lot of time, when you get to certain levels, you're going to have to continue to bet on you, man. Like every day. That's, you do the big one, and you leap, and it works, and you think, all right, we cruising now. Nah. <laughs> you cruise for about five minutes. And then you got another situation where you got to bet on you. And then it continues to happen. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Right? You start to feel like, oh, this betting on me thing is pretty fly. And then you get that 
confidence that you need in order to truly feel like I can do absolutely anything. Nothing will rock me. Nothing will shake me. None of that water will get inside this ship. We moving. That's the good. That's what the struggle of, man, can I really adjust to the bird show? Can I do this? Am I built for this? Can I adjust to radio, period? You know what I mean? Can I adjust to being the only black guy in the room? Can I adjust to dealing with all of these opinions and people? In the beginning, when everyone was like, oh, you don't talk enough. I couldn't sleep over that shit. I'm going home like, damn it. Like, y'all gave me six days. <laughs> right? Like, they brought yeah. me all the way here. They're about, they about to get rid of me. You know, I, I could not sleep. I was struggling. Um, then you get your name on the show. Whoa. That's more pressure. Yeah. JMO now. We got to make this work. Then the podcast starts to do hundreds of thousands of downloads and listens. That pressure. Then you go to the comedy shows. And where it used to be 10 people there. Now people are paying $40 and flying from out of town to come see me. All of those levels bring you new pressures. And when you continue to just say, I got this, and trust and believe, that's one thing I've always had was faith. If I ain't have shit else, I had faith. This is going to work out. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know who's going to help. I don't know nothing, but it's going to work. I got my faith. I think that's the good, is once I finally got through all of those struggles, as hard as they may have been at the time, that's the joy at the end of the tunnel is that once you do it, you know, you can. So there's no reason to believe you can't do anything. Right. Well, it sounds like you found your place and your space in the world. I think that when I hear your story, I, what I'm hearing is I found what I really wanted to do. I wanted to be in entertainment and this is, the place and the space that I, I pursued and, and you believed in yourself and you did it and you went for it. Um, you also still have to be willing to adjust. Right. Of course, there's a lot of adjustments, a lot of like adapting, really. Like a, yeah. A ton of adaptation. I think it's I think it's a beautiful journey and I think it's also very admirable that you found your place and your space in the world at such a young age. And for all the kids listening, if there are kids listening, I, I hope that I hope that they're able to see that all you can do is believe in yourself because you can. And I think you have that. Um, but I do find it also very interesting that your struggle has never been internally. It seems like it's always been externally. What makes you say that? I don't think that's true at all. Well, because, right, you've believed in yourself and all of the things, but I think that the external circumstances have in some sort of way, shape, form shaped you also. In ways, at certain points of life, you know, yeah. it just depends on which specific part you, you're talking about. But um, what what was the thing that just kind of came to mind as soon as I said it? You had a reaction. So what was it? No, I wasn't. I wasn't thinking of that. I was more so thinking of like when you were speaking to kids, the point that I wanted to also make was in that the adjustment part of it. Mm hmm. I got a good friend of mine who is going through it right now, and it's because he has to somewhat walk away from his music. Mm. That's what he's always wanted his entire life. Music, yeah. music, music, music. So he's going through, like, a breakup oh, no. and a depression. And I had to tell him, like, this is the adjustment period. Sometime the universe or God will tell you no for a reason, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a permanent no. Because you got to remember, like, comedy wasn't it for me. Right. I discovered my purpose, or at least found like I did. You know how they say that the two best days in life, the day you're born, the day you find your purpose? Yeah. 
I found it on a comedy stage, but that wasn't my dream. My dream was music. Yeah. I, I do remember you telling me that. You yeah. see what I'm saying? So when I had to walk away from music, I was heartbroken. Like, I mean, devastated. I was so depressed. I thought, I'll never dream again. I'll never love again. That first cut is the deepest. Shout out to Drake. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but that's the adjustment is, all right, it was no, but it was only no at that time. So then I had to be open to, well, what else could there be that might fulfill my soul in a way I didn't even realize it would? That's how... I ended up finding comedy. And then you fast forward, comedy eventually put me in a space where I could go back into the studio and work on music again and then release an album that was eventually heard by thousands and thousands of people so that I got back to my first love eventually. Yeah. So that's an important part of the journey in that, you, that. you know what I mean? You, you have to be willing and open to adjust because a no right now is not always a permanent no. As far as internal struggles, be more specific as to what you want me to address there. Whatever you feel you'd like to share. I cannot tell you what struggles to share. Like today? That's... Yeah, today. Um, I think I have the same internal struggles that anyone has for the most part. Uh, anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> insecurity. <laughs> you know, the standard. Yeah, like the same shit. <laughs> You know, some days I wake up and feel like I'm him. <laughs> I could do absolutely anything. I'm the king of the world. Other days I wake up and feel like I'm a piece of shit and I'm wasting my life away. I just, it's just human. It's just being a human, ain't it? That's true. I have existential crisis on a daily, so I get it. Stop using words and phrases of where you know I'm not going to know what you're talking about. You're, you're just showing <laughs> off at this point. You have an existential crisis? What? <laughs> oh. <laughs> What the hell is you that? You know when you sit there and you contemplate life and you're like, what the hell am I doing? How did I end up here? Yo, that's so Where weird. Where do I want to go? Right? Like that you could place. have, something could happen in your life one day. Yes. Where you feel like, oh, this I shit is working. This. It's all clicking, baby, finally, yes. right? And then like, that's Tuesday. And then on Wednesday. You literally feel like, I have wasted the last 10 years of my life. Squandered away my youth. <laughs> How did I get here? How did I end up here? Someone help. Why is no one coming to help me? <laughs> Let me go take a shot of tequila to cope with my struggles. Yeah, you get drunk. Only to then find out, what am I doing? Oh, Do this shit a is problem? a depressant. It got worse. <laughs> to have a problem. <laughs> when the bartender tells you, you've been here a little too long, ma'am. They tell you that? No. They just take my money. They don't care how. <laughs> oh, tequila and soda? <laughs> double? All right, whoa, wait. Yo, you lime? ain't got to tell the whole, yeah. With lime? You got to tell the whole bar I get doubles, though. Relax. Hey, at least we're not Romeo. He got kicked out. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and they give him, like, uh, soda water and make him think he's drinking sometimes. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think my struggles, my inner struggles are just like anyone else's. Yeah. I don't think, I don't even think, honestly, the inner struggles are ever the issue, right? Because a lot of the times our inner struggles... We going through shit that hasn't even happened. It may never happen, right? No, like, we catastrophize. Like, it, we go to the darkest places in our mind. We just completely spiral all the way down. I mean, you suffer more in your imagination than you ever will in reality, right? Facts. So Absolutely. So what are your triggers? What causes you to spiral down? The people want to know. Oh, that's good. Um, I'm very empathetic toward my family. Mm-hmm. 
anyone in my family struggling or going through something, I, I try to play Superman, and if I can't, it's it's painful. Um, the fear, that's the only fear I truly have in life, is losing family members. Mm. That That's a trigger for me. Like, my mom can't even call me and tell me she has a headache. I'll lose my shit. Like, I, that, even that, you know what I mean? Um, I, uh, I, not being good enough, I think it's always been an internal struggle of mine. I don't yeah. know if that stems from... I think that's why you cried the first time we met. But what what are you... Good? I don't know, there's so much other past. shit to bring up. I don't let's get it. No, we can't keep moving past it if you keep bringing it up. Just, <laughs> no. I'm sorry, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. That's not why I teared up. There's a difference between Cry, crying and tearing cried. up. Is it a tear fell. I cried he like a thug. Cried. That's number one. I didn't cry. Like, you be making it seem like I was sitting here eating um, one of them cheesecakes and was just bawling in the cheesecake. That's not what happened. But you were, though. A tear fell. There, it was more than one tear. It was a teardrop that fell on my guitar. That was it. On your guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Swifties. That was it. <laughs> What was the? We can go there though, if that's where you no, want to go. Let's not. Go that's there. fine. I've cried before. I'm not ashamed to admit it. No, it's fine. I think I can count how many times I've cried in my life on two hands, though. Mm, I cannot cry. I mean, I cannot count the times I've cried. It's been a lot. I think that's that's healthier, actually. You should cry. You should. I grew up in that toxic masculinity age when men can cry. Now you know, I'll be ready to cry. I can't wait. When was the last time you cried? When my grandma died. Yeah. That's probably one hand right there. That's five of them. Yeah. Did yeah. you cry when your last breakup? No. Why not? I don't know. I don't know. I think, um, and it's not to say like that it didn't hurt or it wasn't painful or I right. didn't feel it. You know, I still do at times. It's just, um, I honestly can't answer that. I don't know why I didn't cry. I, I think I've honestly been through so much pain and mm-hmm. suffering and separation in my life. Yeah. I'm just kind of numb to it all, especially after losing my grandmother. Yeah. I think the only thing that would rock me now is something that it would have to hit harder than what losing my grandmother felt like. And the only thing that would hit harder than that is losing another family member. A breakup is not going to do it. Right. You know what I mean? Losing a friend, losing a job, none of that's going to do it. Losing my grandmother was absolute fucking rock bottom for me. Devastation at its highest point. I didn't want to live. I didn't want, I didn't want to, I just, yeah, that shit was rough. Yeah. So the breakup didn't feel, just wasn't enough. I'm sorry about your grandmother. Thank you. She was a wonderful woman. She was. She's still with me. I can feel it. I love that. I can feel it. I really can. How can you feel it? Tell me more. Um, certain prayers, you know, I've, I've said prayers, I've asked for things and, um, I've seen some mountains move in ways that I I never had before. That's the best way I can describe it. Um, and even in healing from it, I, that may sound crazy, but I, I think my grandmother in a way helped me heal from losing her. It does not sound crazy at all. Not one bit. It sounds like your connection with your grandmother is what catapulted you into maybe some sort of healing space. Oh, I agree. I think, um, like a lot of us, I've carried a lot of pain from my childhood. 
Um, I've never been good at letting go. Horrible mm. at that. Who is, though? Like, Man. Nah, some people don't give a shit, yo. Nah, that's not me. I'm, I'm with you on that. Shout out to the Geminis, because most of the people I've known. Why are you like this? <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, they be over it in five minutes. <laughs> Aquarius, too. Oh, my God, what yo. What about Scorpios? Nah, y'all be feeling it. Y'all be fronting. Y'all be acting like y'all don't feel shit, but deep down inside, you feel it. I feel everything. I know. I be crying. I know. You ever broke up with an Aquarius or a Gemini? I don't know. I don't know. Nah, you want to kill him. Oh, you don't feel nothing? You wasn't even here? Would you? Like, would you? You're not going to cry nothing? You just going to go party? You going to turn up? Nah. You know what? I think my ex-boyfriend might have been a Gemini. Let me think about this. Anyway, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I'm not. Impatience and letting go. Oh, I've always mm. been pretty bad at. Mm. I definitely am. I think, uh, I'm act- I actually think I'm in the season of learning to let go. Some would think that's what life is throwing at me. Oh, do tell us. Tell us more about that. What does that look like for you? I don't know. I um I remember you telling me back in the day. Um back in the day it was like four years ago, but you get the point. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really say it exactly how you said it, but I always remembered it. Something to the extent of I was wearing a coat in a season where it was no longer necessary. Remember that? Yeah. And you kind of broke it down to where it's like, all right, you in a whole new place in your life and you are still walking around being the guarded guy that you used to be. And you don't even have to be that guy anymore because you're not going through those struggles anymore. Right. So you got the winter coat on in the summer. Mm -hmm. Take the coat off. Yeah, I remember that. So. Oh, I look at you. You pay attention. I do. I do. I receive information. I've always been told that I do that really well because I want to be a sponge. Always want to learn. Always want to learn. And um, I think I do that often, just holding on to things constantly that are just simply not necessary. That was, it's difficult for me to let go because it's what got me here in my mind. It may not even be true, right? Mm-hmm. But there's this, there's this part of me that feels like the motivation, because the truth of the matter is, in order to be successful at anything, you have to be relentless, Absolutely. You have to be completely fucking relentless. Like, nothing is going to stop me. Because the moment you say, all right, this is what I'm going to be, it seems like life goes, well, let's see. Let's see how bad you really want this, right? Right. And most of us who get somewhere, if they gave you the schedule of what you was going to have to go through to get there, you're going to lose your grandmother, you're going to lose all your friends, you're going to be broke for three years. Most of us would be like, nah, I'm cool. Right? Like, (laughs) fuck that. (laughs) I'll stay right here. So... In my mind, a lot of what kept pushing me and pushing me and pushing me was holding on to all the shit that people did to me. Oh, and this person hurt me. Oh, this person said this. Oh, this person told me I can never be this. Oh, this person did me like that. Oh, that, per- that person left me out in the cold. I'm going to show everybody. I'm going to show everybody that I'm somebody. And y'all going to have to deal with it. And then when you become, at least for me, when you become quote unquote somebody, none of that shit really matters. Ultimately, you realize, at least for me, the only thing that the only thing that makes you feel really good about becoming, quote unquote, somebody is when your family says, I'm proud of you. Yeah, I don't give a shit about the people who look and go, damn, he really made it. What do they care? It never cared. Right. But you think that that helps you, propels you. And so I've always held on to all of the things that were done to me just so I could show them one day. And now that the one day is coming or is here however you look at it it don't mean shit so now i'm trying to learn to let it go 
And what are you doing differently to try to let go? I drink more. Okay, that's not the answer. Uh, <laughs> let's let's re let's just try that one again. <sighs> All right, what am I doing differently? Um, because if you want different, you got to do different, right? So, what are you doing differently? Well, I say different prayers. I'll start there. I pray okay. for people who don't pray for me. I pray for yeah. people who I know are trying to destroy me. That was something that. that was very difficult for me to do when I was younger. My mom used to always say, "You got to pray for the people who, who try to hurt you or come across you." And I used to be like, "What would I do that for?" That's a conflict of interest. But now, now I do it with ease. Yeah, on a daily basis. Um, I don't take it personal. Good. Yeah. We back to the four agreements. Four agreements. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody should read that book. If Everybody. You like that book is phenomenal. Game Anyways, changer. For sure. Um. And take a day of silence afterwards. That was helpful for me. Yeah, very. Remember that day? Yeah. It was so hard. For you. For me, it was. Not for you. You were fine. I was not. I was like, mm, mm, mm. We, for those who don't know what the hell we're talking about, because Jada is not a radio professional. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> um, We had a day where we tried an experiment. And I did talk about it on the Bird Show, Um, where we literally just didn't talk to each other. Yeah. At all. You just be around someone, and you do not talk. You just sit in silence for however long you want to. And she hated it. I thought it was glorious. It's one of the best days of my life. I know. You I kept was, telling me about it. Oh, my God. You're like, we should do that more. This <laughs> is great. Especially when you got three shows and all you're doing is talking, 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 talking. I, at that time, I think I only had one. But still, point is, um, <laughs> no, it was great. It was great. But I think that's the biggest change, mm-hmm. honestly, that I've made as far as trying to deal with with letting things go is I always took everything so damn personally. How could you do this to me? Right. But a lot of that is ego. Right. Right? Like, who the fuck you think you are that no one is ever going to hurt you or cross you or, you know, look out for themselves before they look out for you, whatever the case. So I let the ego go, and I stopped taking it personally, and I pray for everyone. And I try my hardest to be me, me, fully me, in any and every situation, in any and every room, with any and every person. And what is being you mean? I'm tall. I'm um. I'm funny. Let's move past oh, those. You didn't mean the superficial See, stuff. I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna laugh. I'm not gonna laugh. I know you're in your serious mode today. This is great. I'll, I'll laugh. still crack you if I want to. Don't try me. No. But, no, you can't. Um. What is being me? Damn. Uh, let's see. You know, the older I get, the more I realize that none of us are nearly the person we think we are. Mm, preach. I agree. You know, when you look at the world and the earth and the grand scheme of things, we're all fucking... So tiny. Tiny, man. Peons, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're just such... We're here... For a second, we're gone. It's a blip of time. Who are you really? A lot of us take ourselves way more seriously than we should. Existential crisis. There it is. That's what it is, y'all. If anybody was wondering what it meant, that's what that means. See? I knew. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Um, so I just want to do my little small part. You know, there was a time when I was young enough. And naive enough to think I could change the world. Mm. You just wait, mom. Like now, make it better. Now I'm just trying to change my room. Everyone's, 
<laughs> oh, oh, I couldn't crack you. Huh? Yeah, there it is. Yeah, ain't take but two minutes. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, um, man. No, just, just trying to be who I feel like God has put me here to be. You I want to. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. I want to make people smile. I want to make people laugh. I want to give people perspective. I want to give people something to look forward to, even if it's just, hey, I might laugh today listening to Mo or whatever it is. I want to touch as many people as I can. I do not mean that sexually for the pervs who are listening. I want to, I just want to be involved in, in this time that I have here on this earth. And you only do that by waking up every day and trying your best to continue to be who I was raised to be by the beautiful women who raised me and the men who were there as well um, throughout all of the bullshit that's going on around you. You know what I mean? Kind of like the, the, the headphones, the Beats headphones commercial. All that bullshit is going on, so what? I'm locked in. I just want to do what I was put here to do. That's it. I love that. I love that. And and I'm probably also- going to have a Yankee hat on and a hoodie and a little bit of jewelry while I do it. That's kind of... That's me. That is you. Especially yeah. those new earrings. I saw them. You saw me? You, I saw you with the new earrings. I was like, look at him. I was out here. Now, in you know, I used to have my ears pierced. But then I had a whole thing. Because I pierced them myself. And then they oh, got, I got keloids. I had to get what surgery. What's wrong with you? I was wild. I was wild when I was young. I ain't going to wait for nothing. My mom was like, just wait. Nah, I'll do it now. You know, stupid. Oh, I was young. But I'm back oh, on them, though. You see me. All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Cracked you again. But go ahead. Don't worry about it. It's up. It's up out like, here. I'm not. Yeah. You see that? See that's a that's someone thinking that their little peon ass actually means something to the world. I get earrings and think something's going to change. Nothing's changed. Nothing. Nothing has changed. Nothing at all. People don't treat you different. Not at all. No one cares. Nobody <laughs> treats you different. Um, okay, let's talk about people. All right. Do you think that who you surround yourself matters? One hundred percent. Why? Ooh. Um, for one, which I, I personally believe is the biggest reason, is because they are either going to be your support system or they are going to be the people who get inside your mind and mm. actually think that you are not good enough. Listen, if I could clap, like if there was like a button clapping, this would be the button. <laughs> yeah. For real. No, seriously. No, I agree. Because I I think that as humans, we people have a misconception of like, oh, I don't need people, I could be by myself. Lies. No, you can't. You know, it, I tried that. I was that guy. I know. That's, you know that. This yeah. is why we're talking about. You did this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when I first met you, one of your biggest things is I hate people. I don't want to talk to nobody. Hell, I don't even like you. That Like, who, <laughs> why are you even here? Like, it was a whole thing. Like, you really do not like people. That's, that's, that's true, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that. I love uh, people, but I don't like them. Right. Yeah. You have a big card for people, and you're all about, like, can, how can I help you? How can I make your life better? But at the same time, stay away from me. Right. And it's a very weird space. It is. Because in the one hand, you're like, oh, Yada, how are you? Da, da, da. But in the same space, it's like, okay, leave. Like, yeah. No. Yeah. So I love that you have genuinely, like, adapted to that space because one of the human basic needs, right? We all need food, shelter, water. Um, Tequila. This... Oh, go ahead. My bad. Why, why are you? I thought we was this? doing my personal list. I didn't know we was doing the generic one. Go ahead. Continue. 
Act like I'm not here. Every time I try to tell myself, I'm not going to lie. I know. I know. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) But I think for the longest time, you, like, totally wanted to believe that you could be by yourself. But the truth is, no one can. You're not supposed to. We are not, as humans, meant to be on our own. We're meant to be with people. Like, having a sense of belonging and love is a part of just basic human nature. We are pack animals. We're Mm -hmm. not supposed to be isolated. And this is scientific facts. There's... Mm -hmm. So many studies by so many different kinds of people, psychologists, sociologists, therapists, psychiatrists, neurosurgeons. I mean, there's so much research that backs that up. And so I'm saying all that to say this. How did you learn this lesson? What was the price you paid for it? Because, you know, everything comes with a price. Absolutely. Um, I'll give you the journey of how I got there and how I... Yes, walk me through it. Story time. I'm here for it. Let's do it. So, I'm going to give you the the quick version. Um, Yeah. All right, so you got to remember, as a child, I went through a phase of time when I was abused. I don't even want to go into who it was. If you know my story, you know it. But I was abused. Really bad. Physically, mentally, emotionally, all of it. Um, Super young. I think that was the beginning of it all. Of where, like, okay, if someone who brought me into this earth right. and is supposed to love me and protect me can do this to me, well, what the fuck is everybody else in this world going to do, right? right? So I think naturally I became a very, very, very introverted person. So much so I don't even think I was meant to be an introvert. I don't think you are either. You know what I mean? I just think that that shaped me. Then you go through pretty typical life experiences, you know, you find the girl that you think you love, and mm. this is it, and this is forever, and then she goes and gets pregnant on you oh by some God. other guy. Okay, that's not normal. Let's just, oh. for the record. <laughs> that is not normal. That nah, does not happen to everyone. Oh, my Everybody bad. gets heartbroken, yes, but not that. <laughs> um. And then, you know, you finally recover after years of trying to find out who you are, and you start to like someone else, and she's married and lied about it, and, you know. Oh, God. Typical shit. And there's oh about, God. there's a few of those experiences that I, you know, I went through. And then I had friends that, um, I mean, we went through it all, yo. Yeah. We went through, we went through some shit. Are you guys still friends? Some of us. Mm-hmm. And um, at that time, I grew up in a not, not the greatest of environments. So we, you know, we did what we needed to do to survive. And we always had each other's backs. We risked our lives for each other, and I thought those were bonds that literally just couldn't be broken. And then I started to see that no matter what you go through with some of the closest people to you, when you start to become successful, some of them will have a problem with it. Oh, insecurities. Yeah, they won't be clapping. Right. You know, and I I saw something one day that said something to the extent of it's hardest on the people who you are close to, to watch you become successful because they feel as if they started from the same place. Yeah. And now they have to look in the mirror. So they almost see you as a reminder of who they are and who they wanted to be. Right. So they can't put that to the side and clap for you. So I started losing friends in that. And then even when I was at the beginning stages of, yo, I really think this comedy thing is going to take off for me. Bro, you're not even like, I mean, you're funny, but you're not like Kevin Hart funny. (laughs) 
These are my fucking friends. Yeah. And say Richard Pryor or some shit. Like I like Kevin Hart. Like I mean, I, <laughs> like I like Kev. That's but come on, fam. Like you know what I'm saying? I started to see this kind of shit, and then you start to hear your friends say things of you don't know if they're joking anymore. Right, and then you watch them go through those phases, and then they eventually want to kind of come back around, and now you don't know what to do. Fuck, I thought you were my guy. Yeah. But you said I couldn't do this. And I almost believed your ass. There was like, like I, that's why we get back to the people who are around you, because there are going to be times right. when, like you said, no matter how strong you are, there were a lot of moments on this journey where I needed to be held up. Yeah. And I may not have had the girlfriend at the time that could do it. Right. I may not have had the friends at the time that could do it. Right. So I went to wherever I could get it. And I will always love and admire and appreciate the people who believed in me at times when I didn't even believe in myself because we all need those people. We do, 100%. We do. And sometimes it'll be a person you just met three fucking months ago right? when the person that you knew for 20 years won't do it. And that's tough, you know? It's and hard reality. Yeah, and, and so in my mind, I always had to make it and to get there despite of everyone around me, not because of yeah. everyone around me. And even throw in just my family dynamic wasn't always easy for me because I grew up in a household where my mom married my quote-unquote stepdad, who I don't consider a stepdad today. That's my dad. Yeah. But we went through a lot of years in the beginning of, I'm young, you know, I'm... I'm watching them have kids that, that okay, my two sisters, that's their parents' parents. Mm -hmm. Technically, I'm the stepchild. Mm -hmm. Even though I was there first, I'm a mama day one. But it's when you're young and you go out to places and they have to explain to them, well, you know, if he's going to get the ID and he's going to get this, then you got, why is he a Mitchell? He's not a Gatlin. And you see that shit. Yeah. That shit hurts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we go to the family events and the family functions and everybody is cousin, cousin, cousin. And I'm like, I'm the kid with the with with the wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you yeah. get older and you're like, oh, it doesn't fucking matter. But when you're a kid, that type of thing matters. Yeah, it does matter. It sucked. It always felt like, damn, it's the Gatlings and me. Mm -hmm. Never felt like I was a part of it. I was just an extension of my own fucking family. You know? Yeah. And um, no matter what. Your parents tell you, no matter how much your sisters tell you, we don't see that. Yeah. You know, you go to school and people be like, hey, that's your half-sisters. I'm like, damn, they're not even my full sisters. I can't even have a full sibling. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you go through a lot of that. And um, it just made me, like, it made me feel like I just needed to be a rock. I just needed to be this guy who can do it on his own despite what everyone believed. Because if I listened to what they believed, then what would I really become? So that was the guy that you met. Of, I don't need shit. All of these people hurt me, slighted me. And it's not the old, everybody hurt me story. Fuck all no, that. That's not no. what that is, right? Like, I always was an accountable person. I know what part of those things were me. Yeah. And a lot of them were, you know, but that's just the reality of it. And I got to this point of, hey, you may be here and you may not, but I promise you, either way, it's not going to matter. And then eventually... As much as you and I used to bump heads about that. Nah, Yada, I don't need love. I don't need water. I don't need none of that shit. <laughs> I don't need sunlight. I'm not a plan. I'm good, right? <laughs> um, to be completely honest, what, what changed it is very simple. My grandma died. Mm. That was it. That was it. That was the moment of, holy shit, 
one day these people who I don't even realize how much I love them yeah. are not going to be here. And my dumb ass is going to be somewhere crying much harder because of all the years I spent being mad about something that happened 10 years ago. Because yeah. I feel like I want to do it on my own. Because I don't want to love. Because I'm afraid to be hurt. Because I got to protect my little fragile heart. All that bullshit went right out the window. Nope, going to see my mom. I'm hugging her for 45 minutes. Those are my full sisters. That's my dad. This is my family. I cried around them. Still under 10 for everybody who's counting. Don't try to play me. I'm still a thug. I'm in the streets. (laughs) (laughs) But I did. I cried at like, yo, I allowed my last name make me feel like I was an extension of the family. It wasn't y'all. That shit was in my head. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it hurt me to feel like, damn, look at me separating myself from the people who would die for me, who would kill for me. You know, um, that had to stop. And I realized then I couldn't play with people that was in my life to really be in my life, you know, because that's that's rare and that's real and that means something. And once I started to heal from losing my grandmother, I promised myself that I would never go through that shit again. And everyone who is in my life who loves me will know that I love them even more and that supports me will know that I'm here for them. And I just wanted to be a different person. I wanted to be a person who wasn't afraid to love or feel love. You paid a really high price for this. Oof. I think the highest. <laughs> Dude, yeah. That's a really high, high price tag to learn that lesson. We all got to go someday. Yeah. It's best not to go in vain. Yeah. Change somebody's life when you do. Yeah. My and grandma I, did that. And I think that's what your grandma probably referred to when she said what she said to you, right, before she left. Be humble. Yep. That's what humility is. The principle of humility is just that. It's to connect with others, to really love others, to be vulnerable, to be emotionally present with other people, especially the ones that really genuinely care about you and have shown you time and time again that they do. Amen. Okay, I did prepare. See, I prepared. What, you wrote something else down? No. Then what you talking about? So last night... I did go through some of uh, your pictures and just like posts and stuff just to kind of see what were some questions that maybe people had that they wanted to know about you. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of it was very superficial stuff. (laughs) Um, There was a lot of, are you single? (laughs) Can I get in your pants? Can you be my baby daddy? Can you be my sugar daddy? Can you basically be my zaddy of sorts? I'm not even old enough to be a sugar daddy yet, am I? I mean, I don't know. Shit. I don't know how that works. I don't know how the sugar baby daddy dynamic works. I have no idea. Okay. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Um, so then I was like, okay, we're just going to scratch all that. That wasn't exactly what you were looking for. You no. were trying to get more into the existential crisis <laughs> mode of things. I got it. Yes. Here we go. <laughs> all right. Yeah. No. So let's do it. Look, Y'all don't want to know who he is as a human. Like, y'all don't care about, like, his heart. Like, no. his goals, dreams, and aspirations. What what fires him up. Like, y'all just want to be, like, in his pants talking. Oh, and there was a lot of talk about your rape pants. I was like, what? I don't I don't even know what this is about. Yeah. There was a whole lot of talk about your gray pants. I don't know what They were was. blue, but, yeah, had a little, little slip up one day. <laughs> there was a lot of talk about your pants. Yeah, I was out there. 
<laughs> oh, I could tell. They were oh, really man. excited about that. Yeah, I it know. Was just, it was, yeah, it was, a, it was wild. It was wild. So then um, I decided not to go with any of those questions. All right. Good. Let's try something new, because that's all stuff I probably address on my podcast all the time anyway. So this was, is good. Like, it's, people are weird. Hey, man. Anyways. Everybody's different. They are. They are very different. I, I just think that it's just, you know, I think there's a lot of, like, people have a crush on you, and they just simply want to, like, I guess, put themselves out there. And, like, in it's very normal to want to, like, have an opportunity or, like, a moment to exchange bodily fluids. <laughs> that just have sex. Okay, you don't have to it say it. Have to just say sex. Is that how y'all say like sex body- in your profession? Exchange Hey, you want to exchange bodily fluids with me? Oh, I see why I'm a comedian. Oh, I would have kicked me all the way out your industry. No, um, you know what hurt me, honestly? Why? Um, when I was still kind of new to this whole public figure thing. Yeah. And I announced at the time that I had a girlfriend. I lost thousands of followers. What? I did. Why? I don't know. I guess there was a lot of women who felt like, well, fuck you then. <laughs> did you get them back now that that you don't have the girlfriend? When I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yo, you laughing, but I, a few came back and I was like, wait, she looks familiar. I think she was following me before. I, you know, it's, and, it's, and not to make it about me, just that's just a... That's a thing I guess you don't really think about. I guess I understand now why so many, like, really big celebrities have to have a certain image. They'll want to be single because they might sell more records or whatever the case. Like, that's a thing. Pitbull. He, is he married? Mm-hmm. And no one knows? No one knows. Wow. Pitbull, See? it has been married. His, like, for 25 years. Holy shit. Uncle but- Luke was like that back in the day. <laughs> I don't know who Uncle Luke is. Uncle Luke is a uh, doodoo brown. Doodoo brown. You don't know what that is? Nah, dude. You know, Uncle Luke had all of the women twerking? No. With the ass out? No. All right, never mind. Don't worry about it. Weren't you the one that told me about Nelly's video where he, like, swiped a credit card? Yeah, tip drill. Yeah, I was like, no, he doesn't. Perfect time, too, because Hoochie Daddy shorts is out. So the men out here now tip drilling. It's a weird thing. But, yeah, he swiped the credit card down (laughs) the crack of a woman's ass, and I was... I was proud. (laughs) I remember how old I was, but I certainly wasn't old enough to see that. But that's when I used to watch BET Uncut. As a kid, I used to stay up. That's what some some women want to do to you. Swipe a credit card down the crack of my ass? Yeah. It's going to get declined. <laughs> <laughs> or the front of your pants. I don't know. It was a Listen, lot of that. It yeah, was a lot. It comes with it, I guess. I mean, I guess it's good to be desired for any reason, I, I would imagine. I mean, I don't know what to think about it. I, all of my male friends honestly think that that's like the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> They're like, oh, my God, I can't imagine. And to be honest, I really don't think much of it. Take it with a grain of salt, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that it just comes with the, like you said, it comes with the nature of the game of, like, wanting to be desired. 100%. That's, that's J. Awesome. Cole, too. What happened to J. Cole? I believe J. Cole was, like, always had a baby mama. And I don't know if he was married, but he was with someone. He wasn't as single as a lot of people thought he was. That list goes on and on. But now yeah, you I see why think, they do yeah, it. I don't think J. Cole has been single ever. No, I don't think so. That's no, what I'm saying. I don't. I don't think he has. Yeah, a lot of them do that. Because yeah. some, unfortunately, and maybe it works like that with women as well. You know, like you'll get, I guess, more people who will be willing to be a fan because a part of them has has it in their psyche that it's possible. 
that they have a chance with you. If you're single, they feel like, oh, I can get this person. So they'll allow themselves to go to a level of fandom that they typically won't if they feel like you're taken because then you're not available. It's a weird thing. The human psyche never ceases to amaze me. Yep. So what did you learn from that whole experience of like being in, being in a relationship as a public figure and not being in a relationship as a public figure? What has been your like takeaways from all this? Well, to be honest, the only thing I really feel like I learned from that was if you are going to be a public figure and you're going to date someone who is not a public figure, they have to be an extremely secure and strong individual. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, it. yeah, it's absolutely necessary because it, it becomes... It's tough, man. It's very hard to date in the spotlight because people are going to, they don't care. They're going to talk about you. They're going to talk about the person you're dating. They're going to talk about your relationship. And then what I do specifically, I have to get on radio and actually tell stories about my experiences of being in a relationship. And then I have to post things. And then I have to go on my podcast and talk about it. Then I'm a comedian. So I might get on stage and tell a joke or two. And so your partner either has to be cut from that cloth to understand that this, at the end of the day, is entertainment because it's very easy to get that confused if your partner is not in entertainment. They take all that shit literally and think it actually means something that so-and-so left a comment from West Bubblefuck about whatever they feel about your life. Now I'm arguing with you over this comment. Like, I don't know this person. I don't know why they said that. If I got to go to an event and there's a a woman there and we got to work together... I got to explain that. When in all reality, I'm like, hey, this is entertainment. I'm going to work with attractive women every day, right? all the time. But if I'm coming home to you and you know what time it is, then it shouldn't be a problem. But if they don't have that sense of security, then it's going to be an issue. And I think that's why so many public figures find it much easier to just have someone who has no desire to be in the spotlight and they feel like that's the way they should go about it. Yeah, I can understand It's tough. That. Because then it's it becomes like a competitive game, right? Of like, let me, if you're in a spotlight, if you date someone who has that insecurity of wanting to be the center of attention and yeah. it kind of shifts the dynamic into a competition, a competitive state as opposed to like supportive. That's exactly what it is. And I mm-hmm. and I always thought that was weird to ever compete with your significant other. We're on the same team. Why yeah. are we competing? You know what I mean? Like, and I think a lot of us who've ever played sports, you've learned that. You've had that kind of toxic relationship with somebody on your team. Oh, yeah. They're competing with you. Fam, I need your help competing with the people we're playing against. Yeah. It's exactly. hard enough to compete against them. I got to compete with you, too. Right. That's that's always tough. I don't ever want to compete with somebody who's on my team. Like, if it's your day, it's your day. Get it right. off. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't have that same mentality, if you're not equally yoked in that way, that becomes really toxic really quickly. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So there it is, ladies. I asked the questions, but in a <laughs> non-superficial way. Well done. Very well done. I couldn't do the pan situation. That was Mm-mm. too much. It's also, to be completely honest with you, it's, it's much easier to do what I do for a living, um, not being in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Way easier. I've experienced both that. sides of it. Oh my God, it's it's night and day. Yeah, I could see that. You know but tell I mean? us the difference. Well, because you don't have to. In order to be a comedian, a podcaster, radio guy, I mean, I'm on so many different platforms. Creativity is everything for me. Right. right? Content is king, and I have to figure out how to be entertaining on four different platforms consistently right and that's not even counting the game show the music the commercials that's not even counting all that stuff that's just 
shows. Right. That's hard enough to do, right? Imagine having to censor yourself while you do it. Mm. I may not be able to talk about the relationship I had five years ago and what I learned and experienced from that because I'm going to have to come home and answer questions about it. I may not be able to be transparent about what I'm going through in my life right now because I might have to come home and deal with it. I may not be able to tell certain jokes about what it's like to be a man and be out and be on vacation or be doing this because I might say something that, well, can't really go there. You know what I mean? I have to think about what I'm saying. I have to think about what the next person is saying because they might say something that I don't address in a manner to where she felt like it was respectful. You know what I mean? So when you got to add all of those elements to what you're doing on top of just trying to create, it can be a nightmare. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of work. It sounds like a lot of extra steps in work. It is, because most jobs, you get to go to work, your significant other don't know shit about what you're doing at work. <laughs> That's right? true. They don't care. That's they don't true. know. Yo, I was work. Yo, it was cool. <laughs> I did what I do. Did what I do. Sandy got on your nerves today. Nah, she was cool today. Don't worry about it. All right, what well, we eating for dinner? That's it. Conversation over. Yeah. But when you got this kind of job, okay, so what you meant when you said, oh, shit, you listened? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you downloaded it? Oh, no, no, I got it. It's right here. Oh, you oh, you, oh, you, got it queued up. <laughs> a minute seven. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when you got to go through that every day, man, you ain't got no peace at work. You ain't got no peace at home. Yeah. You got to be a real confident individual to deal with somebody who's in the spotlight. Really secure about your shit. And if you're not, it's, it's tough. I think it's also not just being secure in yourself, being secure in your relationship, right? Both. And like the connection mm-hmm. that you have as opposed to like all the extra superficial stuff. Yeah, for sure. And that's tough. That's tough in any relationship. Yeah, because you got to connect. Period. So imagine how tough it gets when you know that your significant other has to travel. Mm-hmm. They have to go places. They have mm-hmm. to be around, you know, other attractive people all the time. Things like that. Man, you throw that in there and everybody's not built for it. So it's tough. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. That's what I'm here to do. What else you got? <laughs> I'm here to share it all. Share it all. Well. Okay, so what has it been like to be a black man in a white show? <laughs> oh, man. Um, hmm. It's been hard. Because I'd like to also preface this by saying, like, you, like, you're you. Like, you're you're black. You're not, like whitewashed you're yeah. not like no like you you really are yeah i got that a lot in the in you know the, what um, i mean because i feel like sometimes there's a misconception of like oh well then he maybe he was no 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 no. you 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 are you're like for real well a lot of people didn't know that about me for a long time right because when i first started i was censoring myself in yeah. a lot of different ways so when people would meet me in person they're like oh nah you black for real you black black yeah i'm <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? You know, you know a lot of the word the word they would use. Like, oh, you you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I'm I'm like that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm so you know, here's the thing. When I started on the bird show, is it was more than just the element of being the only black guy in the room. Right? Yeah. That was a big part of it, but that was not the only part of it. It was it wasn't black and white. But I'm bummed. He did he did the, the Yeah. The, the, the. Um, anyways, because <laughs> it was, I had to adjust to just being a radio. Period. Yeah. No radio experience. Never done it. Didn't know what I could say, what I couldn't say, what I could get away with. How would the people in the room react? That that mm. that in itself was tough. You know, how does this even work? When do I take my shots? When do I not? How mm-hmm. honest can I be? 
Are people going to like me? Are they going to hate me? I'm already trying to fill someone's shoes who I don't even know. Just all of that, right? And then now, on top of it all, you have to be the only black guy in the room. Right. Which, when, when there are no microphones on and you're not talking to millions of people, that could be awkward. Just already. Already, right? So, there are a lot of adjustments. Um, mm-hmm. You have to find a way to get comfortable enough in your skin to be unapologetically black in a room where you realize that you're going to say and do things that no one in the room is going to understand. What you're saying, where you're coming from, they're not going to get a lot of the jokes. They're not going to get a lot of the references. They're not going to understand your perspective on certain things. You're gonna, they're going to see things very differently. There's a certain professionalism that you learn to have and you gain from being in radio that you don't have in the beginning, or well, at least I didn't, of we can, we're going we're gonna to disagree on a lot. We're going right. to see things from a lot of different angles. Um, we all come from different walks of life, different experiences, and you got to learn to not take anyone's opinion personally, right? Because you'll, you'll hear someone say something, and you're like, how the hell could you think that? How could you even feel that? How could you miss what that's really like? But they're not black. How the hell would they know, right? So you have to go through that. Um, and I think in the beginning that was the toughest part of just how far can I really go? Right. You know, because how many times as a black person do you hear, or a person of color, period, keep you, oh, yo, be yourself. Mm. Ooh, you sure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you sure you want to be Last time I heard that, they got my ass about it real quick. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Like, they want you to be yourself till they see yourself. No, yeah, right, you know? that part. Yes. You know, and, and they don't even know, right. truly. You know, so it's, it's scary. Yeah. It's scary. It's a high-profile job. There are a lot of people watching. Right. And then once you kind of like because I give all the credit in the world, genuinely, Mm -hmm. because he said, be yourself. And he meant that shit. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't believe that he meant it until it really took for us to go through some things and some time for me to go. Oh, he really meant that. Like Mm -hmm. he really gave me the space to be myself, which in itself is rare. I don't even think he realizes how many times a black person has to go through that and hear that. And then that then that turns on him. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, you meant it so long as it was convenient for me to be myself. So you don't want to blow the opportunity. Right. Right? But then I went through the struggle that I didn't prepare for. Which is what? When the black people turned on me. What? Not everyone, of course. Like, most of the black people love me, right? But then you had the few of, oh, he's a clown. Because they didn't appreciate my perspective. Or because I didn't check things a certain way, right? Because you go through... You go through a struggle of, I think any black person can attest to this. You find yourself in certain environments, certain times, where you may hear certain things and see certain things, and you just don't know what's happening. You don't know if that's coming from a place of ignorance or, you, or if that's coming from a place of, oh, you got a little racist in you, mm. and you're trying me. Mm. It's very difficult. It's a very thin line, so much in your life that eventually you get to the point where you really don't know if you see it or not. Mm. And so often in life, you're told, nah, it's not that. Now nah, you're looking at it wrong. Nah, and you know what you feel. Mm-hmm. You know it, mm-hmm. right? It makes you uncomfortable. You're boiling inside. And when you go through that shit for so long, and then you finally get to a place where you can have a voice about it and you can speak to it, but then you still really can't. It's a struggle. It's very hard. Because now you have to be the professional. Yeah. And the problem with that is you got to go back and deal with the community. 
You got to yeah. deal with your family. You got to deal with your friends. You got to deal with the black people who are like, how you let that rock? How you let that go? You ain't say nothing? Oh, wow. You just going to sit there? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you're like, yo, I'm trying to be a professional here. Yo. I'm trying to get to the place where I can really touch on those issues and really be open and honest about things that maybe I couldn't before. Because in my mind, it was about establishing a reputation first. Right. I didn't, because if you come in too loud, you're the angry black guy. You, yeah, and if you come in too quietly, you're the token. You see what I'm saying? So it's right. a very delicate balance that you have to find while already trying to balance how the fuck does this whole radio thing work in the first place? Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, live like a woman week, not really a black thing. Oh, yeah. Having to put on a dress. Having to, you know what I mean? That, for them, was fun and games. For me, that was like, how the fuck do I explain this to my dad? Yeah. I saw the disappointment in my dad's face when I went home. He wouldn't have never said the shit, but I saw it. I knew my friends was looking at me like, you can turn into a whole fucking clown. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it it is. Right. So now I got to really glow up to turn this shit all around so that they can see that there was a means to an end. Right. And everything that I was doing, right? But you got to get there first. And it's like, yo, they always take the black comedian and put him in a dress. And here you go lining up to be the guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh. <laughs> That's what. <laughs> the way that you just said. <laughs> it's true. Right? And then you don't even know if you could say these things. Like, I wouldn't have talked this honestly or been this transparent about even this. Right. Two years ago. Because you got to learn the game. But you're learning it in front of everybody, and then you're also being attacked and judged. By everyone. By everyone for learning it. So you might be too black for the white people, not black enough for the black people. Where the fuck do you go? Where are you? Where can you go? Who's going to understand? So where did you go? Uh, a couple times to my knees to talk to God, to be honest. Uh, therapy. Because um, mm-hmm. no one could. They called me the Jackie Robinson of radio, right? So who's done this? Who's diversifying a top 40 morning show with no experience? Maybe if I'd already had some radio experience, it would have been a little easier. I'm yeah. just jumping in this thing thinking, like, we're just going to be having fun. But then black issues come up. Then the whole Black Lives Matter thing had to happen. I'm like, oh, shit. Now we really got to dive into. And it kind of helped in a way because it forced me to really just go in. I couldn't tiptoe around Black Lives Matter stuff. I had to really, you know what I mean? I had to really talk talk. Yeah. But then you start hearing opinions about that. You're like, yeah. whoa, that's who you are? Oh, I ain't see that coming. Damn, you've been that person this whole time? Then you start feeling the passive aggressiveness. You start feeling the attacks. You start feeling the signs. You start seeing all of that. And the whole time, you got to really be Jackie Robinson. I grew up reading Jackie Robinson books. Not comparing myself to Jackie Robinson, let's be very clear, right? Yeah. But I grew up reading, breaking any kind of color barrier in any way. I read it all. Spitting in his face. Talking shit to him, talking about his mom, trying to fight him, throwing stuff at him. He had to go out there and get a hit. So I be feeling like, y'all don't talk to me about A-Rod. I get it. But Jackie Robinson, though. I don't expect everybody to understand that, but you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Jesse Owens. It's a little different. It's a little different what they had to really hold in for so long and perform every fucking day. Bill Russell was out there winning mad championships for the Boston Celtics. He was going to his hotel room and finding literal shit in his bed from the fans who he was helping win championships for. 
That kind of shit. I ain't been through nothing like that. But even the small way that I have was by far the most overwhelming thing I've ever felt in my life. And a lot of people told me, you're from New York, bro. You haven't experienced racism in the South. It's going to hit you different. I'm like, nah, bro. I haven't been called the N-word many a times. Then I got to the South and realized being called the N-word is very slight racism. That ain't shit. When you start to see the systemic racism, when you start mm-hmm. to see, you know what I mean, like the, 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 just the privilege in, its, in itself, yeah, the audacity that comes out of a lot of different people in a lot of different situations, as a black man, that shit is very hard because there's no one to really turn to and say, yo, you feel me? Yo, yo, yo you hear me? Yo, you feel this? You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. who has done it? Where am I go? Who am I talk to? So who did you? My grandma. Um, I'll never forget the day I went home. And I started packing my shit, started packing my stuff. And I, I was trying to think of what I was going to tell Bert, honestly, because I, I felt like I was going to disappoint him, and I didn't want to because he believed in me the entire time. He always believed in me. And I'm like, fuck, how am I going to tell him I can't do this? I started packing my stuff. I called my grandmother. And my grandmother said, man, sit your ass down. You ain't going nowhere. You ain't going nowhere. You ain't never been a quitter. That's not what we do. You're going to ride this shit out. It may hurt. It may suck. It's going to be hard. It's going to be painful. You're going to ride it out. But in the end, it's going to be worth it. You are going to make change. Your voice is going to be heard. You were put here for a reason. And then I cried. We might be at 10 now. So if I say it again, I'm going to need a new hand. And I'm a liar. <laughs> <laughs> I did, though. I'm, I did. Because that was like the first time I had cried in a long time. Well, no, since you. But that was a teardrop. This was a cry. Oh, no, no, that was a cry. It was a teardrop. It was, it was a cry. This was a cry. I was crying. And my grandmother was like, get it out. She sat on the phone with me. She said, get it out. I don't care if you got to come home and cry to me every day. I think she cried with me. We mm. cried it out. And she said, you go in there tomorrow and you do it again. And I said, yes, ma'am. And then that's what I did. And then three years later, I'm here talking to you now. So I say all that to say, I don't know if I'll ever go into, like, the details of why it was extremely hard, but it was extremely hard. Yeah. And I think that in any situation if you've ever been a person who had to walk into a circle that has a different perspective a different voice and kind of feel like everybody else yeah. is already a unit not even because they white but because they had worked together for so long they already had like a connection a chemistry an understanding of how everybody moved and here i am just trying to fit in somehow and i have all of the elements that are going to make it extremely difficult to do that being black was just one of them but you do what you got to do and if nothing else, I'd like to be an example to anyone else who's ever going to find themselves in a similar situation so that they'll know, you know, Mo did it. You can do it too. Just stick it out. You got it. It always works out in the end. The cream always rises to the top. I love that. Thank you for your authenticity and transparency. I think that oftentimes it's so easy to get caught up in the, in the, in the facade, right? And I think that it's important for all the people that really – care about you and want to get to know you better to really see that this is really what you've gone through like that your path and your journey to getting here has not been a walk in the park like no one handed it to you and said here you go yeah no far from it you know it never is anything worth having is worth fighting for right that's what they say well i fought oh you did absolutely so the last thing after this is like whatever, whatever you want to talk about. But okay. I do wonder what um have in the past four four years. Oh my God, you've been in Atlanta for four years. 
Fast. What about fast, right? Five. What? Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy. Almost five at this point. That's yeah. wild. I know. That is so wild. Anyway, um. Boy says the uh, the days go by slow, but the years go by fast. Yeah. That shit is so true. So true. But go ahead. Absolutely. So since coming to Atlanta, mm-hmm. do you feel like you have found your home home, or do you feel like this is temporary home, or what do you think about us? <laughs> us. All uh, of us. Um, yo, I love Atlanta. Yeah. I really do, which came as a shock to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, listen, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'll be honest. It did. Uh, I'm a New Yorker. Yeah. Y'all know yeah. how New Yorkers are. We, oh, we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, relax. Everybody relax. <laughs> um, I never thought I would love a place uh, even nearly as much as I love my home, but I don't think it was all one thing. I think it was a, uh, multiple things, you know, coming to Atlanta and being accepted the way I was. No. The way the people embraced me. How could you not feel like home here? Like, yeah. I loved I thought it was going to be like, oh, look at this Yankee. You know what I mean? Get him out of here. <laughs> what oh. the heck? He's coming from New York, you know, coming to the <laughs> South. I, um, Is that what New Yorkers think of people in the South? Like, it'd be, it be like that sometimes. Why? I don't know. Some a lot of people don't like New Yorkers. I mean, y'all they say are we arrogant, loud, and rude. Yeah, I mean, it's not wrong. But. Whatever, man. We just confident. We know who we are. We've been through a lot. We believe in ourselves, and we keep it real. That's all. I just think culturally, the culture is just so different. Y'all are are less less. We just not fake. Common humanity isn't as big. Yeah, but a lot of people in the South have Southern hospita- southern hospitality, but then stab you in the back when you ain't looking. Now that make it any better. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. No, no, you're you're right, 100%. It's wild you know what? I'd rather take the, the rudeness out. Yo, don't like I, me in my face. Exactly, because then I know you don't like me. Exactly. See, that's a New York thing. Okay. Don't get right. me wrong. It's fake people in New York, too. It's just There's most of the time, everywhere. of course, they just going, you know, if you don't like me, don't like me in my face. But the weather, the people... The culture, I love all of that. Um, the way I was embraced, I mean, there are a lot of people in Atlanta who love me, which in turn has made me love them. And in loving them, I have learned to love Atlanta. So I do see it as a home. Is it a temporary home? Is it a permanent home? I don't know. Only because of who knows with my career where where I'm going to end up or what's next. But for as long as I'll be here, I'm perfectly content and happy. I'm not. I don't like the bugs like that. Like the bugs be wild. They on steroids. They got like. What is wrong with yo, you? You don't bugs even go outside. Diff- That's why. Okay, first of all, what are you saying? What bugs? You don't Have even you go seen outside. These big ass bugs, yo. Go outside and then talk to me why about bugs. Why are these bugs that fucking big? You don't go outside. When did you meet yeah, these the, bugs? These bugs in Atlanta eat whales. I don't, I, it makes zero sense. Why no bug should be that big? And then they stare at me like they don't. Like I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> I walked in my crib the other day. This bug looked at me like, "Fam, what are you doing here? Hey, the fuck <laughs> you? What are you doing here?" And then his friend came from around the corner. He was using the bathroom. Yo, the bugs in the, <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo, the bugs in Atlanta are different. Outside of the bugs, sometimes it get a little too hot. But I do love Atlanta winters because it don't really get cold. Everybody, everybody who's speaking, yeah, y'all all say that. It do not it's be. So yo, cold. will y'all stop saying it gets cold in Atlanta? It does not. I don't it even have a coat. It's so cold. I've never, I haven't worn a coat in four years. It don't get cold here, all right? It gets chilly. What are you saying? It gets, right now? it gets chilly. It's a difference. It was freezing 
this past winter. I'm going to take you to Coney Island in the winter so you can see what cold feels like. I don't even know what that is. Now you feel it in your bones. Okay, your no. bones hurt. That's what that's what cold feel like. No, it's like. Why a, would I do that? So you can know what cold feel like. But so when you, so you can feel so it. you can appreciate an Atlanta winter. But it's cold here. Fine. You remember winter? I was wearing this like gigantic. Coat. For no reason, it was you sixty. You called me an Eskimo. Yeah, it was ridiculous. But there wasn't it was no co- snow on the ground. Ain't no real winter here. What do you mean? It's beautiful. It's freezing. Fine, fine. Anyways, I think you should go outside more. Why? What's out there? Because it's important to connect to the earth. For what? Grounding yourself. You I do. Know? On Groundhog Day. What? One day a year. That's what that day is for. Every other day, I'm, I'm in the sky. <laughs> what? What? You know how much ground you need? What do you mean? I don't need to connect to the earth. You want me to hug trees and shit. I'm not doing that. I'm hugging a tree for. Because it's good to connect to the earth. I'm connected to it. I had to walk through the earth to get here. Okay, and for the record, I never told you to go hug a tree. You did. I suggested that if you were to hug a tree, it would ground you because there is a science to it. It's called earthing, grounding, where you connect yourself to nature and then it automatically releases, like, all these... Why are you looking at me like that? Because you're nuts. I'm not (laughs) nuts. I can bring research. It proves this. Listen, if you connect to the earth, your cortisol levels, which is your hormone levels... They re- they automatically decrease, so it improves. Don't you get that from watching porn? What the heck? No. Well, I mean, it's the same thing. What? Is, how is this? I don't even understand how you just connect that all. It's of the this same to thing. Watching porn, not. exercising, hugging a tree, you release it the same thing. It is literally things. not the same. Not even close. Uh, it's not even close. Uh, they probably have tree porn. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm not the one running around hugging trees. You be having full-blown conversations with trees. grounding, and I don't have no, a conversations You don't even know if the trees actually, like, enjoy your conversation. They probably just stay there because they can't move. You think the trees oh, enjoy your conversations the same way my uncle think the strippers like talking to him. It's the same exact thing. I, listen, they just can't move. They have to be there. That's I all. I just hugged a tree a couple times. I'm not saying that I... I'm not saying I go around hugging all of the trees. And it was because I was really stressed out and I just wanted to earth and ground myself. And now people are going to think I'm crazy. You're nuts. Do you know I almost cried when they cut the trees down in front of my apartment? Like, I felt it. Like, when the trees was falling, like, I could hear them saying, oh, and I was like, this is her fault. Because you made me realize that, like, all of the life, they're in trees. And they just cutting these trees down like they like they don't have families and shit. That's when I realized I was nuts. I needed help, so I started watching porn. <laughs> what? I don't. No. no, no. Anyways, we're not. I'm not doing this with you. I'm not doing this with you. Fine. Not the same, people. It's not the same. And All right, for look. the record, it's called earthing and grounding, and there is a science to it. It releases. All sorts of beautiful dopamine, serotonin levels. It regulates your cortisol levels. It reduces stress and anxiety. I highly recommend. Uh, I do some on. squats. Same shit. Don't watch porn. That's I go. Listen. I go to the beach. You know my favorite moment in life? One of, I should say. What? I love going to the beach and walking into the water. Oh, me too. You know what I mean? It's connecting to the earth. Okay, so that's how I connect to the earth. For real. That's I love my thing. that. That's a moment I try to get every vacation because it's something to not being able to see where the water ends. Right. That makes me feel like 
look at how limitless. Yes. You know what I mean? When they say sky is the limit, it feels like that. Like, you can't even see where the water ends. I love that. You walking into it. It's just that that moment of life for me is, is everything. I, I love, love that, that moment. So I connect. I just don't hug trees. That's all. It's I'm not telling you to go hug a tree, but you do need to be outside more. That's good for your mental health. I'll be out there, yo, on, va- on vacation. You'd be out there in the streets for all the wrong reasons. That's not true. I, I'm, I, I am the furthest. You be in the streets. I, do I not, am not in the streets. You was in the streets last night. You're going to be in the streets tonight. Okay. First of all, not the same. All right. I, I went to a restaurant. I got food at home. And it's six-pack poppies all summer. You know what time it is with me. I'm going to get there. Six-pack <laughs> I thought you weren't going to laugh. <laughs> I thought you were being serious. See? Come on. You got you got 20 minutes to get it out of me. <laughs> six-pack Anyways. So, how do you take care of yourself? Therapy. Okay. That check engine light comes on. I listen to it. Mm. Um, Good for you. Thank you. Exercise. I'm at five, sometimes six days a week now. I've been consistent for quite some time. Um, Definitely cut my drinking and extracurricular activities down. Extracurricular activities. Speaking of hugging trees. um, (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Snoop. Um, (laughs) I travel. A lot yeah. more than I ever have because I didn't really go on vacations a lot in my 20s. So now in my 30s, I'm trying to make up for it. Uh, I spend a lot more time with my family, whether mm-hmm. it be actually going to see them or Zooming with them or just whatever the case. Yeah. Um, just even checking in on family, especially the younger members of my family. Uh, that, that brings me a lot of joy to know that I'm inspiring and motivating like my sisters. Yeah. Um, I try to rest. As much as possible, I take walks. Oh, really? Tell us more. I highly doubt you take walks. I take walks now. Where? Where are you walking to? Around the neighborhood. For real, ask people. They be in the streets. They see me. One woman honk. Bye-bye. I ain't going to hit you with the car like that last bitch. I was like, oh, <laughs> Like, what's up, queen? No one let you forget yo, the Yo, my listeners, yo, I love y'all, yo. That's literally what she said, just like that. <laughs> Can I hit you with the car? <laughs> I mean, I'm out there. Nah, I really, I, you know what I mean? I got a pharmacy up there where I go whenever I got to get my um my medicine because I don't have natural energy like I used to, so I'd be needing a little little pick-me-up. And I'll walk instead of driving. Uh, a few of y'all who are listening just say, well, he don't have a car. That's not the point. I could get one. Y'all going to stop playing with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know what, though? I support you not having a car. Oh, uh, it's the most beautiful decision I've ever made. Yeah, like for what? What do you need a car for? For what? You, I like, don't have to deal so with the, to oh my, exactly. And I don't have to deal with the insurance, yep. the car payments, the maintenance. The maintenance. Everybody running around to my gas is out of control. Wouldn't know. <laughs> Wouldn't know. You, you have no idea. And whenever I do go somewhere, honestly, if I'm going out, I'm drinking anyway, so I'm not driving. And if I'm going to an event, I have car service. Anywhere else, I just get a little lift. Yo, the money I'm saving on not having a car is insane. So when people be like, you don't have no car, like, but I ain't broke. There's <laughs> a difference, right? It's a That's difference true. when you don't have a car when you're broke. Um, what else do I do to take care of myself? That's probably it. I don't know if I missed anything. I'm eating well, making sure my heart is good at all times. Mm-hmm. The physical aspect of it and just the heart aspect of it. Um, yeah. I stopped dating toxic women. Oh, amen to that. <laughs> amen to that. How did you learn that lesson? 
um, by dating toxic women, it, uh, <laughs> that, it, that, that'll do it. That's true. So what are some of the red flags now that you're like, okay, I'm not going to, this is not a carnival flag. This is a red flag. Mm, that's where we're going. Um, selfish. Okay. What does that look like? I mean, just completely into you, Every, making everything about you. Everything always has to ultimately end up being about you. A lot of people are self-serving, just being honest. It's not even a a bad thing all the time. Most of us are looking out for ourselves at the end of the day, but I think when you are going to commit to someone, you have to kind of chip away at that a little bit and realize that it's just not going to always be about you. You're not going to always get your way, and that's okay. It's absolutely okay to be somewhat submissive to someone you love, male or female. To me, it doesn't matter, right? So. Right. If someone seems to have an inability to want to do that, um, that's one. Um, lying is a big one, of course. Not being able to communicate is a big one. Um, and I, I don't mean like the easy things, the hard things. Being able to really talk your way through the hard things and just wanting to put in the work. Conflict resolution. Absolutely. Um, not being supportive, like we said earlier, the whole competitiveness. Yeah. You know, just being, just loving yourself, man. I just think I've oftentimes, without really trying to offend anyone, I just think we, uh, a lot of people look for someone else to be their savior. They don't yeah. want to go through the process of truly healing. That shit is Absolutely. hard. You I know what I mean? That. Going through a lot of things in life and having to really look at yourself in the mirror and figure out what in the fuck is wrong with me. Right. Hell with what everybody else has done, is doing. Because at some point in your life, you really got to sit there and say all of the bad shit that has happened to me, it didn't all happen because it all happened to me, the victim. No, you have to have played a part in some of that, right? That's like, accountability, though, and you know people don't... It's a struggle. People don't like that. Oh, they hate it. They love to project. It's this person's fault. You point, 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 and then at no point are you growing, right? I want to always be evolving. I want to be evolving to the point where if you know me today, that don't mean you know me tomorrow. Right. That, that was the old me. I'm new every day. Let's, like, that's where... I want to be, and if somebody is not equally yoked in that mind, I want your ambition to be rich to match your ambition to be mentally healthy. You know what I mean? Like, you should be working on yourself just as much as you're working on your craft, and that's kind of where I am. And I just want somebody equally yoked in that regard. And if they don't have those things or at least appear to be working towards those things, then red flags. Yeah. Not carnival flags. Whatever you like. Some of them be yellow. Not dude. Now, being, being crazy is a yellow flag if the sex good enough. Wow. I mean, my bad. The um, the bumping of the ugly. <laughs> <laughs> if the sex is good enough. If the, the, See, the exchange the of the body fluids. Well, that, that's the problem with guys. It, Y'all get so caught up with the sex. I'm joking. Can I? See, don't be like some of my listeners and then I get, I'm giving you a whole serious podcast. At least let me throw three <laughs> jokes in there. I'm not going to get attacked for. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. All right, carry on, carry on. I think I answered your question. Yeah, you did. You answered all the questions. Is there anything else that you would like the people to know? Inquiring minds want to know. Listen, I have a feeling that on this journey of mine, I am going to constantly be under attack from I don't know where. I don't know who. I just realized that it's a part of the game. And I am constantly worried about my image and hurting people. I never want to be that guy and as tough as a comedian. But... Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I don't really want to tell people anything about who I am because I just rather show them. And I yeah. think in the end of it, you'll know. You'll see who I really am. And if you ride with me, I'm riding with you. I am not perfect. I never claim to be. I've definitely made a ton of mistakes. I've missed a ton of shots. I've done a lot of things that I wish I could take back and be better for or better at. However, 
It's the human experience. Yeah. I think people should ease up a little bit. You know, for whatever platform I'll have for the rest of my life, I'll always preach that, man. We just need to have a little more grace, um, a little more patience. You really don't know someone else's journey, someone else's struggle, what someone else deals with on a daily basis. And we all seem to suddenly find some grace when it's too fucking late. You know what I mean? When a person is not here anymore, when a person really shows you how much their depression was eating away at them. So... I just wish people would be a little quicker to love and a little slower to judge. I love that. That's beautiful. That's all I got. Thank you. Thank you for being so open and honest and emotionally vulnerable. That was a lot harder for me to do four years ago than it was today. You seem to not have any issue with it. Walk in the park. Good for you. Thank you. I think your therapist would be very proud. Amen to that. (laughs) Touche. Maybe. Right now, it's time for a 1901 yeah. exclusive. I've been zoning, going through the motions. Smoking cigarettes, homie, that's my ibuprofen. Day to day, I be trying to just cope with the lies that life told me. The signs that God showed me, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I be lonely, I hide my emotions since I can't control them. Yeah, that my eyes keep them open. People try when you ain't social. I'm tired of being normal, yeah. Uh, they put a nigga in the cornerback. Against the wall, I'm throwing bones like a quarterback. Maybe I'm wrong, it seems like trouble is just automatic. Yeah, I be calm, but maybe I should turn to savage. Yeah, maybe I should disappear and turn to pastures. Yeah, maybe the mistake is settling for average. Yeah, maybe the issues right there in my reflection. Yeah, maybe it isn't really what you expected. Maybe it's the proof, maybe I'm the guy, or maybe it's the truth, it's really just a lie, maybe yeah. I've been wrong. You still all admit that maybe I was wrong, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's the proof, maybe I'm the guy, or maybe it's the truth, it's really just a lie, yeah. maybe I've been wrong. Maybe it's just a feeling, or maybe she's just a feeling. A prince, they test your will when you willing. You get that call of duty for all the shit that you killing. Maybe I'm a soldier. I told you. Got cold to all that pressure I was under every time they said I'm over. Well, I'm finished, don't even know where to start. Got shit inside my mind, won't allow me to have a heart. I ain't lying, I'm a lion. Different kind of ways. Khalifa about his reefer. I'm about my biz, fighting demons while you dreaming. Maybe it's the checks. Got a couple chains that a devil is on my neck. How can I connect? You do it for respect. Then you finally get it and it ain't what you expect. What did you expect? You knew they was fake. Every time you hit the gas, somebody gon' wanna break. This is great. Guess that I'll admit that maybe I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's the proof. Maybe I'm the guy. Or maybe it's the truth. It's really just a lie. Maybe yeah. I've been wrong. Guess that I'll admit that maybe I was wrong. Yeah. Maybe it's the proof, maybe I'm the guy, or maybe it's the truth, it's really just a lie.